0: Would you open God's precious holy word to the 145th psalm? This is said to be the last psalm attributed to David. So it would be his, the final one, I suppose, that he was inspired to write. I simply call it a psalm of praise. As his last psalm, one should consider all that David has experienced in his life. And with all that could have been said, he simply sums it up in a, in a, a beautiful and meaningful way the last inspired song, psalm, prayer that he would write, a psalm of praise. So let's consider it as we we go through it. First of all, he would say, praise God from day to day. A praise of David. David. I shall exalt you, my God, the King, and I shall bless your name forever and ever into ages and beyond ages that we know. Let's break that down. If indeed David is nearing the end of his reign, he would not have known it, but he would have been able to look back on the experiences that he had suffered in his life and that he had engaged in in his life. First of all, the beautiful simplicity of the shepherd boy and moving from there to the complexities of living in the court of the king, the conspiracies against him, the jealousy against him, the attempts on his life as a very young man, the battles that he was assigned to fight, of course, way back, beginning with Goliath, which brought attention to him in the first place. Every battle that he fought, he always called upon the Lord Battles were tough. I mean, you can imagine. These guys, they rode horses and held up shields and used spears and swords and bows and arrows, and they rode chariots. It was tough. A tough way to fight, a tough way to die. Battles would take a while. And then down on the field, the king was always there. Until the time comes when you study back over at the end of his life what in 2 Samuel moving into 1 Chronicles where the brothers of Goliath the five brothers of Goliath tried to kill him and they came close to killing him and his mighty men came and surrounded him just at the right time before he was slain. And these mighty men fought off and killed Goliath the brothers of Goliath and they brought David over to the side of the battlefield and then the battle was over and he was refreshed and they said to their king, we cannot let you go out and fight anymore. To get into what they told him, they just said, you're just too old. I think he was 58 years old if I remember the chronology correctly. But anyway, he was pretty old As warriors go. And there came a time. But he would look back on all of the battles he fought personally. He fought as a king. The decisions that he had made. The things that had gone off in his life. What does he say? I will praise you. I, David, will praise you and I will exalt you. My God, the king. David knew that he was more or less a steward of God's kingdom. God had elevated him and placed him there. David never accepted any any, uh, credit for himself. But he's careful to acknowledge that the true king is God. God. My God, the king, and I shall bless your name forever and ever. Now think about this phrase. The name of his God is the name that is above every name. That's a Hebraism. That time when they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant from one place to another and David was the king he called the ark the one whose name is the name. So he knew that it was a a type of, of Christ, of Messiah. And that Hebraism even carries into the New Testament where Paul writes to the Philippians and he says God has given him the name. There's a definite article in front of the noun in the Greek. And it says he has given him the name that is the name above every name. At this moment in his life, armed with the covenant of God, the Davidic covenant, knowing that from his seed, one of his descendants would be the Messiah, that God would perform a miracle and somehow join his divine person to the seat of David, namely in the person of Jesus, of course. And David says, I shall bless your name forever. Don't know what his name is right now. Someday his name will be known. Of course, he knew the name of Yahweh. But I will bless your name forever and ever. David knew he was going to live forever. No doubt about that. And first and foremost. In the agenda of his eternal life. Was to bless. The name of his savior. Of his king. The king of kings. Now this is how he starts his day. Every day. I shall bless you. And I shall praise your name forever and ever. This is how I see it. This is what I will do. I will start this day doing it. I will never cease doing it, even into the ages of the ages, to bless you, to praise your name. This is how he starts out his day. Okay? So... We move from there to how David in his praise praises God and exhorts the praise of God from generation to generation. So we have, in the first part we saw, we have this personal unction to praise God, to praise his name, how he has blessed us, saved us, how he uses us in the way that he chooses to use us and how he's given us eternal life and what we experience in a limited and broken kind of way in the world today. We will continue with that forever. Not only is it important for me to start my day like this and to let this praise of God be an important part of my day, it's also important for me to make sure that what God has given to me in my experience, what God has done for me, that I pass it on to the next generation. Yahweh is great and very much praised and his greatness cannot be searched. Generation to generation will praise your works and they will recite your mighty deeds. Here we are. David lived in about 1000 B.C. We're living in the, that was 30, what, 3,100 years ago, right? No, 30, I'm sorry, 3,000. What's this year? Twenty twenty one. 3,021, well, it's not 3,100. I look awfully good for having lived 300 years. Uh, praise your works and they will recite your, okay. We're still doing it. We're still reading it. We're still talking about it. We're still praising him. We're still thinking about all that he did for us and for all of his people through the ages. Generation to generation. A powerful testimony that the people of God will pass this truth from generation to generation. Of the majesty of the glory of your splendor and the words of your wonders I shall speak. And the strength of your awesome deeds they will tell. And your greatness I shall sing. Of the remembrance of your abundant goodness they will speak. And of your righteousness they will sing. You know, we haven't, of course every day brings its miracles. But we can't say that we have seen the hand of God the way Israel did, for example, when the when the sea was parted. When the firstborn of every household not covered in the blood on Passover died. We haven't seen someone heal the sick all day long by the hundreds, even thousands, and No request was denied, as Luke taught. The miracle of the loaves and fish, the stopping of the storm, walking on the sea, healing the sick, raising the dead. We haven't experienced that as the people of God, but you know what? Look at what he says The words of your wonders I shall speak. When the people of God study these things, they are still as powerful and as real to us in our spirits as though we were there when those things were happening and being performed. And This helps us to know the mightiness and the wonder of our God. So he's very much praised and he And David says, this has to be passed to the next generation. And so the blessed holy word of God has been preserved in a miraculous and divine way. And the words that are in the word, the words of his wonders, preserved, never changed, still there. This is something that we guard, we keep in our generation, and we teach the next generation as early as they can understand it. And then when our time slips away, we pass off this great wonder of the word and now it's their turn. And you have to say that as surely as we are gathered here tonight, the people of God have been faithful. Sometimes weakened by sin. And then at times revived by the Holy Spirit and strengthened. That the praise of God would be passed from generation to generation. To remember your abundant goodness. To speak of it, to proclaim it, to preach it. And to sing of his righteousness. David says, Praise God from generation to generation. But in that latter part of his life, he also understands the necessity of telling every nation about God. Don't just praise God in your home. Don't just praise him in your local gathering. Praise God from nation to nation. We have an obligation. This is why Israel was chosen. It could have been any nation in the world. Abraham, Abram. The world will be blessed through you, Abram. God could have chosen anyone. You remember, Abram was lost. He was unsaved. He was serving and worshiping the moon god. until Yahweh called him. (laughs) You can't resist that call. That's Yahweh calling. Now, as his little band of people become a mighty nation and emerge from Egypt, they're to be the priesthood for the world. The Old Testament teaches them so. They failed. They miserably failed. God preserved them. God still has something for them before the end of the age. But they had a great a great obligation to carry the truth of the word of God into the world. There's just one God. There are not many gods. This God is a compassionate God. And there was a way that people in the world could come in as proselytes to the nation of Israel Caleb who was such a great help to Joshua as they emerged from Egypt or from the wilderness and then crossed the Jordan River Caleb he was a Kenizzite that means he was an Edomite he was a descendant of Esau But by faith, he joined himself to the tribe of Judah, who carried the promise of the Christ, who went first among the tribes, and who would face the, who would face the heat of the battle. And when the time came for the land to be distributed, the, mo- the plushest of the land was up there among the Anakim. Those were giants, they were tough. And it was high country, and they had built walls and fortresses. You're going to fight strong giants. You're going to have to cross over walls and beat down fortresses manned by giants. But it was the place where the grapes of Eskel grew. It was the rich place of milk and honey. Joshua said, where shall your land be, Caleb? He said, I want that mountain. He had to fight to get it. But he knew that God had made him a promise many years earlier. And he walked up that mountain in faith. And those people were as nothing to Caleb. And he was like 90 years old. Somehow, the message of the true and living God had come into the heart of Caleb. When his forefathers were worshiping other gods, he came to worship Yahweh. And even in a time of slavery, joined himself to those people. Knowing the Word of God, the promise of God. Here's the point. There were bright spots in the Old Testament where people who were not Israel came to be Israel. But the great unction of the people of God is to carry the truth of God and His Word from nation to nation. The ultimate failure, the end of the Old Testament... Israel and their final rejection They had become inward And despised all the other nations The Gentiles And they had utterly and finally failed And came the church It's okay to start in Jerusalem Jesus said But you're going to have to go out from there You go to the next place beyond that And then you go to the next place beyond that And you go to the next place beyond that Until there's not another place to go From nation to nation. Yahweh is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and of great kindness. Yahweh is good to all. And his mercies are on all his works. All your works will thank you Yahweh. And your saints will bless you. To make known. uh, They will tell of the glory of your kingdom. They will speak of your might to make known to the children of men his mighty deeds and the glory of the majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom of all times and your dominion is in every generation. That word dominion means all power over every nation. And the people of God will help those other people understand the blessing of God and finally the glory of the kingdom of God. They will make known to the children of men his mighty deeds and the glory of the majesty of his kingdom. This is the great work. So David says, praise God from nation." To nation, David understood it as the king. And then praise God from need to need. There is nothing too small, there's nothing too great for our God. Yahweh supports all those who fall and straightens all who are bent down. Everyone's eyes look to you with hope and you give them their food in its time. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with its desire. All that we have, all that we are, these are provisions of Yahweh. We would not have them except that God gives them by common grace to all. And so the people of God are to look to God for support and satisfaction in every need from need to need. And we see in the fulfillment of even the smallest things the hand of God. And in that, we praise God. And then praise God From prayer to prayer. Now, the first part of it, we said this is how David begins his day. And his praise included all of these things that we've noted. David begins his day with praise to God, he ends his day with praise to God. Yahweh is righteous in all his ways. And kind in all his deeds. You know, you go back, you backtrack the Psalms of David in some of his prayers. And in some of his prayers out there when he's hiding from his son or hiding from King Saul. And he's just a whisker away from being killed because of his enemies. He starts that prayer, some of those earlier psalms, he he starts them by being kind of sassy with God. You got me into this. But then his spirit calms as he continues in his prayer that becomes a psalm. And he begins to thank God for being with him. I'd rather be here hiding in the field with you than without you. By the time he gets to the end of that prayer, that psalm, he's praising God, even though they're out there beating the weeds and bushes trying to find him, maybe just a few feet away, he's praising God because God made a promise to him. And the work of David is not complete. So, David now by this time has learned that whatever Yahweh does, even though you may not understand it at the time, Yahweh is righteous in all his ways and he's kind in all his deeds. Yahweh is near to all who call him, to all who call him with sincerity He does the will of those who fear him and he hears their cry and saves them. Yahweh guards all who love him and he destroys all the wicked. My mouth, now David is going to bed. It's the end of the day. My mouth will speak the praise of Yahweh and all flesh will bless his holy name Forever and ever. God will finally accomplish his will. To those of us who are here below, it, it seems complex, complicated, unfair so many times. But we have to rest in the praise of God as David did every night. Knowing that whatever God does, He's right. And He's kind in whatever He does. And just as surely as I call on His name and pray to Him, He is right next to me, listening, sincerely listening. And He becomes my guardian in ways that I cannot understand. And my mouth will speak His praise. And at the end of times, all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. And that's where it's headed. So this, the final psalm, apparently, chronologically, attributed to David, is a psalm of praise. Well, let's pray and we'll be through. Father God in heaven, we marvel at how you bless us. Father, we're thankful for this pattern in David's life that helps us to understand how we should come to you in our praise and in our blessing to you, Father. Enrich our lives because of what we've studied here tonight and use it and us for your glory even in the times that are yet to come. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you.